Buckle up. You are about to enter the Draws Cast podcast. Your host, author, and motivational speaker, Jeff Drozowski, will transport you through the world of motivation and leadership, always keeping an eye on having some fun, too. Sometimes with a guest, other times just Jeff. Either way, you will leave better equipped to succeed than when you came in. Here he is, the Draws, Jeff Drozowski. Hello and thank you, author, motivational speaker, trainer, coach, video blogger, and podcaster, Jeff Drozdowski, and welcome back to my show. It's the Drozcast podcast, speaking of motivation and leadership. Folks, we are at episode 41 today, and before you know it, in the blink of an eye, we are going to be at episode 50. And two years ago, who knew? that uh, I would have gotten through 50 podcasts and would have gotten through uh, with such positive feedback from the people that uh, listen to me and the people who watch my video blogs, uh, as well as uh, have me come out and speak to their organizations. So I would like to do a celebration for episode 50. And I've got some ideas cooking, uh, some interviews, and, and maybe making it uh, a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more of a show format, just to uh, just to have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, but I could always use some feedback. So if you have an idea of how to celebrate a, a great achievement, uh, especially as it pertains to the audiovisual world, please email me, jeff at drawstalks.com. Or if you go to my website, drawstalks.com, Scroll on down to the bottom of the page to contact, and uh, you can contact me there as well. Uh, my phone number is there too if you want to give me a call. All right, on we go. So, thanks to my amazing web person, Annie, whom I have uh, mentioned several times on my podcast. Uh, she does an amazing job updating and creating some great stuff for my website. Uh, she put together a little store uh, where you can purchase things, and uh, right now, uh, my two-year-old book is in there, Inspired, How Our Differences Are Changing in the Workplace. Soon, you'll be able to purchase my second book, and I'm going to put some marketing things in there as well. So if you want to uh, buy a mug or a t-shirt or something like that, you will have an opportunity to do that. Maybe, even maybe, for the holidays. It may not be a bad idea. So speaking of book two, a quick update there. This is mid-August when I'm recording this, mid-August 2019. Was hoping to have the book out by now or at least near completion. Now the book is completely done, but there is some intricacies uh, that have slowed down the process of getting it out into the world. So we are backed up a couple, three weeks, uh, but rest assured, unless something else comes along, September 2019, we will have a a book release party. Uh, we'll put it out on social media. We'll send out invites, and we're really going to make it a big deal this time. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for information on the big book release. Today we are going to begin a two-part podcast series on, just to backtrack a little bit, we're going back to leadership, uh, and we are going to discuss the inexplicable connection between a leadership and company or organizational culture. They do go hand in hand. Uh, I definitely have some opinions on this, and I want to share, at least in the first uh, episode of this two-part series, the definition of culture, my personal 
opinion on how leadership affects culture and or vice versa. Uh, give you some quotes from people who understand culture and the importance of it and how leadership affects company culture. And, uh, and then I have some companies that I want to share with you that have great culture, uh, according to their employees, and companies that don't have great culture, according to their employees. And then as we get into the second part of this short series, we will get into some more scientific looks at company culture and break it down a little bit more analytically so uh, you can understand what all goes into company culture. So I think the subject is big enough where we can make it a two-part short series. Uh, So that's what we're going to do here at the Drawscast. So First thing I want to do, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, we are going to define what company or organizational culture is. So, quote, this is according to the Business Dictionary, the values and behaviors that contribute to the unique social and psychological environment of an organization. Let me simplify that for you a little bit. And that is, it's the things that you do at work every day Uh, small and large, and the things that your company or organization does, small and large, that creates the environment that is where you go to work every day. It's very important. Great leaders get that and create a good company culture. Poor leaders don't. But even some great leaders don't spend a lot of time cultivating that culture. So to put that more specifically, let me give you my personal opinion on culture and leadership and how they coexist. I have cooked it down into one simple saying, and I pretty much just said it there, but here it is, quote, poor leadership gives a company or organization zero chance to have great culture, while great leadership gives a company or organization at least a fighting chance to have a great working culture. Now, the reason why I say a fighting chance for great culture is even with great leadership, if the idea of culture is not recognized as important uh, and it is not given the time and effort that it needs to be cultivated positively, uh, it will not flourish. As a matter of fact, that culture will ultimately become poor. So uh, now that you've heard the definition and you've got an idea of how I think about it personally, I want to give you some other people's ideas on company culture the importance of it. Three quotes here. Uh, The first one is from a person by the name of Brian Christofek. He is the president and CEO of Upshot. And he says, being a great, again, quote, being a great place to work is the difference between being a good company and a great company, unquote. Simple, but true. A great author and speaker by the name of Simon Sinek uh, puts it simply, And like this, quote, customers will never love a company until the employees love that company first. You got to enjoy what you're doing. And your employees, if you're a leader, will kind of let you know whether they enjoy working for you or not. And it may not be something uh, overt that uh, they'll come up to you and say, boy, I really love working here. But if they do love working there, then they stay longer. And if they don't like working there, then they leave. And that is reflective on turnover and retainment uh, at a certain company or organization. The last quote that I want to share with you is from a person by the name of Tony Shea, and he is the CEO of Zappos. Zappos, uh, if you've never 
heard of Zappos or heard about their incredible culture, I would invite you to go to YouTube and check out uh, the long version and the short version of the video that they have on their company culture, Zappos, Z-A-P-P-O-S. Tony Shea is the CEO and founder, and this is a quote that uh, he has been attributed to as it pertains to culture. We believe that it's really important to come up with core values that you can commit to. And by commit, we mean that you're willing to hire and fire based on them. If you're willing to do that, then you're well on your way to building a company culture that is in line with the brand you want to build. And again, that's from Tony Shea. So uh, he has a little bit more uh, definition on what he thinks culture is and how it affects uh, companies. And so take a moment uh, while we're changing gears here a little bit and think about your workplace and the things that define the workplace uh, that you're in. Now, in my previous career, I worked for a company that uh, had a great company culture and that company culture continues to grow today and they're changing with the times and they're doing things within the workplace that make that workplace a great place to work. And it is a uh, restaurant chain that uh, has been in my previous career, uh, a large restaurant chain, and they have employees all over the world. And fortunately for that company, the culture permeates from the top all the way down, not just corporate, but out into the field as well. Uh, so I have had great experience uh, with company culture in my past. But even before all those years with that uh, restaurant organization, I've worked for some companies that uh, were kind of dead on arrival, so to speak. They just were existing and people were coming and going and there was no creation of culture, good or bad. It was just kind of blah. It was just kind of there. And uh, you just kind of went in, punched the clock, did your business and went home. And there wasn't any development of relationships or development of loyalty to that company. So I would like to give you three examples uh, that I have researched of uh, companies that have an incredible reputation based on research uh, and based on feedback from uh, the employees themselves. These three companies have incredible retention and uh, the people who are there love working for them. So number one is a company called the Great Little Box Company. And I've researched these folks before and they literally uh, create boxes. And <clears throat> for more than 10 years, the Great Little Box Company has been deemed one of the best places to work. And a large part of that is due to its practice of rewarding staff. So that is one way to create great company culture or something great within that company culture, and that is rewarding staff. In this case, it is monetarily. And for this particular company, they reward staff uh, not only for finding ideas to help make money, but also to help save money. So on one occasion, an employee thought the company could cut costs by readjusting the position of a cardboard cutting machine. Uh, the suggestion paid off, the company saved money, and in turn, that employee was given a $2,000 bonus. So, rewarding staff, 
a great idea to put into a great company culture. Number two, we've probably all heard about this company now. It's called Netflix. It's no uh, accident that Netflix, Netflix is now one of the best places to work. Not only did the streaming juggernaut break the mold for TV production and distribution, but it also turned the corporate workplace on its head with a more common sense approach to culture. Common sense approach, folks. So rather than monitor staff through vacation policies and annual reviews, Netflix has set clear expectations for its people. Employees aren't judged by their hours worked. They're evaluated according to their abilities and their accomplishments. So it's a production-based culture. Sure, employees are held to higher standards than many other companies, but asking people to take on the responsibility of policing themselves has helped Netflix attract and recruit fully formed adults who are self-sufficient. Interesting. So their culture is they want people to come into their environment uh, more mature and more developed. Uh, and then in turn, there are, are more, there is more self-responsibility there. So that's an interesting application of good company culture. And then the uh, third one is a company by the name of Warby Parker. And Warby Parker is a prescription eyewear brand. Culture isn't a buzzword to Warby Parker. The brand has an entire team dedicated to promoting the company's unique mindset. That's why you'll always find some fun event or program on an employee's calendar. It's all about giving people something to look forward to and promoting an environment where teamwork and fun are valued. The company even sends random employees to lunch together in an effort to encourage greater collaboration amongst the staff. So kind of like a blind lunch date with people who work in your company. Again, I think that's a great idea. It helps develop camaraderie within departments. And if you work for a large company before, you know that uh, large companies uh, tend to be really quarantined off uh, by department and people don't get out and visit or develop relationships with people other than who they immediately work with. Uh, it's a little different in smaller companies where people can do that a little bit more. Big companies, not so much. Though they encourage that development uh, from one department to another. Okay, so three companies with poor company culture. Hmm, who could they be? And, and just so you know, I primarily uh, looked at retail uh, as it pertains to this subject. But uh, So, number one on the list of poor company culture a little place called Forever 21. Uh, many employees cite inadequate benefits and strict company policies as drawbacks to working at Forever 21. Over the years, the store has been hit with several high-profile lawsuits, including several filed by employees. In 2012, five Forever 21 employees filed a class action lawsuit against the company. The plaintiffs claimed that they and their co-workers were were routinely detained in the store during lunch breaks and after their shifts without overtime pay so managers could search their bags for stolen merchandise. Nice trust level at Forever 21, I say. Part of the company's former loss prevention policy was, was those managers going through uh, the belongings of the employees to see if they were stealing anything. Many employees complained of not getting to leave the store until 2 a.m. or later hours or uh, 2 a.m. or later, hours after the store closes, 
often receiving no overtime pay for extra hours. Well, there's another one. Uh, making your employees feel like they're in prison is, uh, is a terrible, terrible way to treat your employees. I would say their leadership either doesn't know what's going on uh, in that environment or they are complicit to it, and that's not good leadership skills. All right, the second one is one we've probably all heard of before, too, and that is the DISH Network. As is the case with many of the worst companies to work for, a large share of jobs at DISH are customer service oriented. Also similar to many companies on the list, dissatisfied employees at the company regularly cite long hours and poor work-life balance as the reason for their discontent. The subscription television service industry is notorious for poor customer relations. The customer experience of Dish's 13 million plus subscribers are not likely helped by low employee morale. Now, I kind of have a, a, a bone to pick with this one because it says the worst companies to work for are customer service oriented. I happen to believe that that's not the case, that just because a company is customer service oriented does not mean it, it is a bad place to work. A lot of times that, again, goes back to leadership and how leadership views the customer and how that attitude trickles down to upper management, mid-management, lower management, and then the employees. So if the company looks at customers a particular way as an upper management uh, or executive management, then they can't expect their employees below them to look at employees or look at customers any different. So I would guess that their work uh, satisfaction would go up if, as a company, Dish looked at customers in a more positive light. All right, number three, uh, a brutally honest report from the Chicago Tribune described what it's really like to work at Kraft Heinz. So the ketchup folks, uh, they were backed by uh, a company called Berkshire Hathaway, uh, and they are notorious for having a bad work environment as well. So backed by her, Berkshire Hathaway, the company doesn't discount its polarizing work culture since they believe it's their key to superior performance. Only the most competitive, ambitious, and cutthroat employees survive. So one can assume work-life balance is non-existent and only those who perform receive reputable pay. The first rule that these folks learn at Kraft Heinz is that employees must keep their desk clutter-free and have no more than two personal items visible per company policy. I'm not sure about you, but uh, that doesn't sound like a good start. And they talk about feeling like a number, right? Feeling like you're just an employee. And unless you're willing to be cutthroat and um, do bad things to your fellow employees to get ahead, then you're not going to survive in that environment. That's mm, not the environment most people want to work in. So lastly and for your homework i would like to give you a few buzzwords to think about when it comes to culture and answer them yourself for next time now what i mean by uh, buzzwords i'm going to give you some that you may think of as negative some you may think of as positive but think about them and think if these buzzwords you would like to have within the culture of the company or organization that you work for okay the first one is is the company family oriented Rewarding, relaxed, challenging, collaborative, nurturing, motivating, engaging, innovative, fun, casual, 
fast pace, autonomous, inclusive, friendly, discriminatory, toxic, inconsistent, demanding, rigid, unsupportive, outdated, micromanaged, unforgiving, bias, disengaged, unrewarding, boring, unethical, and an interesting one called siloed, which is uh, employees don't understand their role in the large of the organization or their impact on the end result. So they're just given one job and not really given an idea whether it's an important job or not and whether they're doing a good job at it or not. So that's for your homework, folks. Write those down. Think about any of those that maybe on one side put, yes, I'd like to have these uh, as part of my company. And no, I would not like to have this as part of my company. And we will discuss that and dig more deep and analytical in the next episode, the second in the series of leadership and company culture. So to reiterate, you can email me at jeff at drawstalks.com and share your experiences. With each download and subscription, we are expanding the Drawscast Nation. If you are looking for the best way to get all of my videos in one spot, I highly recommend subscribing to my YouTube channel, Jeff Drozdowski. And if you have any other responses, again, you can go uh, not just to jeffadrostalks.com, but go to the website, go down to contact, and you can contact me down there as well. So folks, I really enjoyed this one, and thanks for listening. Spread the word. The Drozcast Nation is the place to be for leadership, motivation, and to learn about company culture. So thanks so much. And until next time, this is you succeeding. Keep it up. Kyla, bring this episode to an end, please. Thank you for being part of the Drawscast. Check out Jeff's website, drawstalks.com, to find out more about booking Jeff for your next event. Also at drawstalks.com, you can purchase Jeff's book, Inspired, How Our Differences Are Changing the Workplace or inquire about Jeff's training programs and personal or executive coaching. All of Jeff's video blogs can be seen on his YouTube channel, Jeff Drozowski. Thank you and bye for now.